What's up, people? Brody. And Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> One more at podcast. Episode 119. Yep. Sleep. Part one of, I don't know, it could be two or three. Could be eight. Could be eight. Um, we've been away for a little bit, and I must say that is very weird trying to talk about something you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I don't like Well, we to, know kind of about it. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I thought I knew something. I didn't know anything, that's for sure. No. That's hard for me to even grasp. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't know something? I don't like that. Oh. It never bothered me in school, right? But now, like, I, th- I just feel I should know something about sleep. We do it every day. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, probably. I don't know. What's been up? Nothing really. Working my butt off. Yeah, I don't believe that. I still see you here every day, so... Whatever that means. <laughs> Not for long. We got we have a vacancy at CrossFit Access. Yeah. Uh, we need, uh, we're running out a loft area that mm-hmm. overlooks a lovely wad floor. It has two bathrooms, <laughs> free Wi-Fi, uh, no AC in the loft, but we do have an AC air conditioned unit in the foyer area of the apartment. <laughs> apartment. <laughs> apartment day excess. Yeah, well, because half living there. I'm moving. She's got her own spot. Watch out. Yep. She's got that moving on Saturday. Baller status. Yeah, I've been feel like a baller. I've been buying all new stuff. Speaking of buying new stuff, let's talk about your trash can. Oh my gosh, do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) I wanna before we even dig into this. All right. Before we even dig into this, I got to do something. I got to search Google. What are we Googling? I'm not telling you. And let's see what it says. So... Jenna bought a trash can. A how much? That was eighty dollars. Eighty dollar trash can, guys. Eighty dollar trash can. Thank you, Patreon members. No, I've told the you. Patreon does not go to that uh-huh. whatsoever. Right. So thank you, Patreon members. No. You have now paid for Jenna's eighty dollar trash can. They did not. Well, technically they do because... Technically they don't. Oh, I guess they don't because you don't get paid anymore. No. <laughs> you used to get paid. Just pay for shit. Oh, oh that was my phone. Um, so, yeah. 80, 80, tell me what this does. Does this like... It doesn't do anything super special. It's just nice. It's stainless steel. It has a slow-releasing lid. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks nice. Okay, I'm moving into an apartment. This is the first time I will be able to furnish it the way that I want to furnish it and not have some cheap things that someone else wanted. And I just was excited about it. It was like literally my first purchase for the apartment. I just want to remind you, you were eating ramen noodles like three years ago. I don't even think I could afford ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, Isn't it funny though? You come from 
barely be able to buy groceries to getting a baller apartment that's basically a house. Yeah, it's nice. Buying $80 trash cans. I'm not buying multiple $80 trash cans. I just bought the one because I was excited about it and I saw it and I was like, ooh, I have this Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. I'm going to use it. So I used it. And I didn't want, uh, well, so I like it has to be on the outside. It can't be under the sink or anything like that. Of course not. It's $80. Well, I mean, I couldn't fit one You're underneath get some, there unless uh, it was like a baby bathroom type trash no, can. you need to get some track lighting and have it like oh over. Oh my God. Like, that should be your centerpiece. I'm just going to get like a lamp over top of it so everyone can see it. Like a, or maybe like a disco ball <laughs> right above it. It should be for $80. But I'll, cool. set, I'll take a picture and show it to you guys. Yeah. Please do. Then, you know what? I bet, You know what? There are like $200 trash cans. I'm sure there is. I am I just found out there's, what, $7,000 bookshelves from Wayfair. Oh, my God. Stop. That comes with a kid or something. I don't know. So messed up. Um. So she's been doing that. I've uh, been really studying this sleep thing. Uh, I, had a, I bought a book. Man, it's been a long time ago, maybe five or six months, maybe. And, of course, during the lockdown, it would have been a perfect time to read it, and I uh, didn't. Um, but wanted been wanting to do something on sleep, but honestly, I don't know enough about it. So this podcast has been kind of cool in the fact that everything we've talked about, I've known a lot about that um, topic. I didn't know anything about this one. I still feel like I don't know anything. Uh, the book is called Why We Sleep. It's It was recommended to be one of the best sleeping uh, books to do with sleeping um, on the market. Uh, Matthew Walker, Ph.D. Um, I found it to be very overwhelming. So what I did, I gave Jenna the book because she likes to read. And I did, I'm doing the audio book because it, it makes it much easier for me to, I listen to it nonstop in the shower, on the way here, uh, if I go to bed, stuff like that. So, uh, what was that? Bring that poll up real quick. Okay. We put up some poll questions on IG or I did, and I just showed Jenna how to capture them because she thought you had to save them. Uh. And I'm basically now running the IG. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want to see? Uh, let's see here. Wh- I think the which you this one right here, that one, and then that one. Okay, so first poll was which do you feel is more important, nutrition or sleep? And more people voted for sleep. Okay, so what's the percentage? said nutrition, 55% said sleep. But we did have some messages that said that they think that both is equally important. How many voted on that one? Uh, Like 80, 90 people. Oh, wow. So our votes are going up. That's pretty cool. That was one of the last ones to vote on, too. So uh, I think it's pretty – you could call that a split, 45-55. That's pretty close, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then what was the other one? 
If you're up later than normal, do you still make sure that you get eight hours of sleep? And 23% of people said yes, and 77% said no. By, and that was, a uh, yeah, about the same. Okay. Like 80. We're actually going to revisit that one later on. So I'm going to do our best to interlink those. When I was going through this and making the notes and giving Jenna her pamphlet, uh, right away, I think within about three or four days, when I showed Jenna the amount of notes I was taking on this book. Yeah, I about shit myself, to be honest. Yeah, she said we're doing two parts because <laughs> she wasn't going to sit here through a very, very long one. I agree it should be two parts, and the reason is I still got to finish the book. I think there's – I'm starting to get into the athletic side, and um, I started that last night. So, Jenna's still on page two, I think, so. Nope. Where are you at, do you know? What chapter? What is it, about 400 pages? I'm almost 50 pages in. Is it about 400, roughly? Um, no. Like 330. I said roughly, jeezy peets, dude. Okay, 400 versus 330. It's closer to 300. <sighs> okay, whatever. I'm like, not splitting hairs with your ass. <laughs> so, I thought it'd be cool to do an intro here and hit some interesting facts about sleep that I found through digging through this or digging through this book. All right? Um, see if you knew any of these, Jenna. Someone dies every hour in the United States via sleep-deprived car accidents. Yes, I did. This totals over 100,000 deaths per year. Yep. So 100,000 people die uh, sleep-deprived accidents. That's pretty crazy. 100,000 people. I mean, you know, I put in a little uh, question mark, COVID. I'm not making comparison, but I am. I'm oh not, but God. I'm not. I'm just saying, though, like, here, here's my point is uh, I think that we have a lot of things in this country that's killing a lot of people. I would have never, ever thought 100,000 Americans die every year, every single year, by something that we get to do for nothing that we can control, mm -hmm. sleep, right? And that's not including, imagine if it's you that is sleepy and then you kill a family of four, yeah, right, that are innocent. In my opinion, that's no different. Uh, I always worry about my stepdad because he drives, like, to Marysville from Troy. So, that's, like, over an hour every single day. And he, he doesn't get home till like, 7. So, then he, like, eats and he's just, like, always tired. But I'm always, like, worried about him driving. Cool. Him. We'll hand him this book. Yeah. Uh, every species has ever been study, studied sleeps from spiders to humans. I never knew spiders slept. You never think that they sleep. Would you ever think that a spider just sleeps? Because it's so small. You think it's just a spider? I never thought a spider would sleep. No. Me neither. All right. A brown bat sleeps most, the most of every animal. This is basically Jenna. Mm -hmm. It sleeps a whopping 18 hours per day. And the runner-up is an opossum. Oh, oh, I said opossum. It's a possum. <laughs> Uh, at 17 hours, 18 hours a day, dude. Holy smokes. That's like forever. Like, imagine that's your whole, that's your whole day. Yeah. But don't they like possums? They're nocturnal. So yeah. But and still, they're blind, right? I don't think so. I feel like they're mostly blind. I feel like that's why their eyeballs look weird. Their eyeballs Aren't look weird. Possums. You're, you're, they probably look weird because they're taking a picture at night, Jenna, and it's the flash. Oh my god, they're not blind. No, they're not blind. As they, possums they're, they're are probably have really good eyesight. Yeah, they probably have really good eyesight. 
And I truly believe they, uh, their babies are like kangaroos where they live in a pouch. I could be wrong about that too, though. Yeah, they're Australian cousins. They're marsupials. There you go. Damn. Oh, wow. Knowledge bombs. Uh, the shorter your sleep, the shorter your lifespan. That's pretty crazy. Doesn't surprise me. So they, they were talking about, I'll get enough sleep when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, you're going to be dead. Yeah, sooner than later. Yeah, like <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna be able to do that sooner than later. Um, can I've been notorious for saying that? A baby that is going to be born never in its life again will get as much REM sleep the week that it's born. Okay, so the week of the baby that's actually going to be born, it will get never in its life again will get as much REM sleep. As it does that final week. It racks up to 12 hours per day of REM sleep. Fun fact. Good. Whenever I do like newborn sessions, that's why I always do it within the first two weeks. Because they're just like dead asleep and you can mold them however you want. But after that, they're awake all the time. (laughs) Just flailing. So an example is they will get 12 hours of sleep per day in REM sleep. If you get seven to eight hours of sleep as an adult, you only rack up about 90 minutes of REM sleep. And that's if you hit three to five cycles. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy, right? So you're not 90 minutes at 12 hours per day. That's how much of that sleep that they're doing. That's probably why they say sleep like a baby. Probably. Uh, mothers often think babies are responding to their voice. In reality, they're in deep sleep and moving while they are. So the when the babies are moving and... You know, in the belly. Uh, Sorry, moms. They're not always listening to you. They're actually asleep, twitching and fighting and doing whatever the hell babies do. And they're they're probably waking them up. Developing stage. Shut up! I'm tired. Stop singing to me and reading this damn book. (laughs) God, this book sucks. (laughs) Um, And then the last one: two thirds of all adults do not get the required sleep, and this alone doubles your risk for cancer. This could be a major cause in cancer. And this is, I added this in. This could be a major cause in cancer patients and not really the food we're eating. It's like a question. So our cancer has vastly increased per number over the last decade or two, I would say. And some people attribute that to testing. Some people attribute that to nutrition. Um, in reality, though, if, you t- if you're doing something, right, okay, so if, if smoking potentially causes you to to be uh, doubles your chance of getting getting cancer, and you remove that, right? Because mm-hmm. now your your risk goes down. But if two thirds of all adults do not get the required sleep, and that doubles, you're, you're just talking about your um, stepdad. Could this not be one of the reasons why we're getting it? And um. I don't know if we talk about it in this one, but uh, there's a huge tie to Alzheimer's and people who have Alzheimer's and schizophrenia, anxiety, depression um, because of lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to dig more into if that's why the causes of our cancer uh, has severely increased as a society because as a society, which we'll talk later we have actually started to sleep less and less and less because of our activity. Um, you know why I sleep less? Why? 
because I'll be on TikTok for like two hours. It's so addicting. Yeah, the damn Chinese got you, man. Like, I'm not even joking. I've stayed up till like two in the morning before just watching these videos. But there's a lot of good I stuff. Think, I it's think not you even should just probably funny. just delete it. Why? Well, I just you just ex you just explained why. I don't I don't really watch it that much anymore. But Clearly. I'm just saying. So, uh, what have you found the most interesting since you started studying sleep a little bit? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I told Brody, but I watched a TED Talk of this guy, the author of the book that we're reading. I watched that um, a while back. Yeah, like, I don't know, last year sometime. But I just thought it was crazy. I guess mainly, like, the car accident thing, to me, that was pretty nuts because, like, more than drunk drivers, I think, obviously. Yeah, like... I think that's one of those things you could put in a, like, one of those games that you play, um, like, facts. Which which one of these causes over 100,000 more deaths in the year? Yeah. Uh, and you could put this in the list of uh, breast cancer, whatever. No one would ever guess this. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing I told you about, too, but, um, so, my grandma has dementia, but she's in a nursing home and like part of her therapy is to like socialize and to like get her brain working because for as long as I can remember I would go to their house and she would just be sitting at their dining room table watching the news or like tv or whatever but basically she has dementia because her brain has been like so inactive um for so long and it was just talking about how like sleep and like just that can itself can cause like some sort of dementia, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a couple forms of dementia which I didn't know, um, and a lot of it has been linked to sleep and lack that lack of sleep, yeah. um, and what that does to your brain. Um, so, bring up the uh, Instagram if you would. How many hours of sleep do you get a night, Jenna? Like ten. Like seriously, you get ten every every day. Not every day. Like last night, I got probably eight or nine. But a lot of times, I'm still tired, which I don't know if I have like some sort of deficiency. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that later. So we put that on Instagram. I get um, if I had to put an average seven, but since I've been in with this book, I've literally been cutting my Xbox off at one thirty. So wow, proud. Yeah, literally. I mean, that's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. But honestly, dude, I have felt I've been testing it this week and I felt so much better. This is Thursday, so four days in. And honestly, out of the four days, there's one day I didn't do it. And I'm not shitting you. I woke up groggy. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty inter interested to talk about that later. So we put that on IG. I put up two two ones, eight, eight or more, right? Yeah. So how many hours of sleep do you get a night? eight or more or seven and 27 percent of people said they get over eight out eight or more hours and 73 percent said they get seven hours and that was about 70 total votes okay and then we put six or um less. do you get less than six hours or uh oh yeah six less six or less hours of sleep and oh that one's weird um 42% of people said yes, they get less than six hours of sleep per day. And the 58% said no. So, 
58% get six hours and then 48% get less than six hours. Yeah, so really like 36 people said that they get six or less hours. And okay. like 50 some said no. Okay, so what was the percentage? You said 30%? Yeah, like 30, oops, 40, uh, 42% said that they get less than six hours. So roughly, you know, that's four out of 10 people are getting less than six hours to sleep. Yeah. on this vote and I think that's if we can get closer to the 100 mark then we can actually start getting some actual good data and getting the one out of tens yeah, that's pretty eye-opening right so almost half the people are getting less than six hours of sleep and we're actually going to be talking to you about uh, that through this I guess this is a little bit different podcast because we've always tied it to CrossFit there's some of the stuff we can do towards fitness but the first portion this part one is really just going to be some information dump um, on certain things that definitely will affect you in your life, will affect you in your in the gym and affect you physically, emotionally, um, on every level. Now, I started getting into the elderly and the athletic side, uh, like I said, last night. Um, so that will be part of part two, but I really don't know what's remaining. So we'll do a part two of this and we'll continue the conversation and maybe I'll dig even deeper into some certain, certain things. Uh, so sleep disruption leads to depression, anxiety, and, and suicidality. I, I hate saying that word. Um, and when we talk about disruption, though, like it's not just people who get less than six hours of sleep. We're talking about quality sleep. If One thing that this person emphasized was you can sleep for eight hours, but if your quality sleep is not, you're not going through all, all of your sleep cycles, it's a huge detriment to you. Meaning, um, if I just want to make sure I'm not going to repeat this, but uh, we talk about the REM, the REM sleep here in a little bit. But they're talking about if if I'm sleeping for eight hours and I get into my REM cycle that lasts anywhere from 30 minutes and to your your last cycle is roughly an hour. In that in that 30 minutes. If I'm only in that REM state for 10 minutes or whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not losing um, – let me back this up. If I'm sleeping eight hours, you, you, you want to try to deduct that portion of just your REM sleep off of the eight hours. So, so say I only get seven, mm-hmm. right, okay, because I lost that part of my REM sleep. When in reality, no, I've lost 90, 80 to 90% of my sleep because that whole sleep cycle is measured. Each sleep cycle is measured on its own. And that's what's, it's kind of confusing, but it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Each of our sleep cycle needs to be completed to its fullest. If Mm -hmm. it's not, it doesn't deduct from the eight hours of sleep. It deducts from that fraction. Yeah. So now you're not getting, so example, instead of getting eight hours sleep, I might be getting 90 minutes of sleep. Yeah. Right. If I had to flip it, because each one is that that important, which I found pretty crazy. So sleep disruption is not just, oh, I only got six hours today. No, it's the quality and what affects you actually getting quality sleep and things like that. We'll talk about later. When I uh, started first started having anxiety when I was in high school, um, I like went to my pediatrician and like we were talking, and uh, one of the things that they asked me was like, how is my sleep? And he asked, um, like, do I sleep with the TV on or anything like that? And I did. The whole and blue so, light thing. 
Um, well, no, because like just the sounds and stuff like can wake you up and you're not in a full deep sleep. Like you need a quiet room, um, like not noise, like going off. Cause sometimes I would wake up and, you know, like when you wake up in the middle of the night, those commercials like at night, but anyways, yeah, I had to do like a sleep log thing for a it's, while. It's funny you bring that up because I'm going to tell you exactly why that happens and what, how you said you like how you wake up. Yeah. to the commercials. Yeah, I'm going to tell you exactly why that happens if you don't already know. All right. Um, also, sleep disruption, it swells the concentration of a hormone that makes you hungry. Despite being full, you're still hungry. We brought up a poll on this one too, and I think the question was asked, uh, when you sleep less, do you feel like you're more hungry? Mm-hmm. And 37% of the people said yes, and 63% said no, which is kind of surprising. So right. more people said no than yes. I think it probably depends also like how. Maybe they're not hungry because they're eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I've I've definitely felt hungrier, hungrier on certain days and mornings than I had before. Now, we all we often will say that, well, we're we're basically fasting for eight to ten hours, uh, maybe in some cases, 14, depending on when you ate dinner to breakfast um but it also could be because we only got five and a half hours sleep mm-hmm. right well and if you're up you can you're gonna be using energy more like the longer that or the later that you're up so like if i'm up to like two in the morning i definitely need another snack before bed so circadian rhythm okay i believe i'm saying that right mm-hmm. did you know anything about that before reading not really. Not as much as I now do now. Yeah, so I didn't either. All right, so um, it's your basically it's your 24-hour internal clock that runs in the background of your brain and cycles between sleepy, sleepiness and alertness, okay? So um, I thought it was pretty cool. They did a study on this circadian rhythm and they put actually took place in kentucky down in a cave Mm -hmm. and how long were they down there 30 days okay that's insane so these two guys spent 30 days down in this cave with no light Mm -hmm. okay and they were trying to measure their internal clocks and with no light because what happens is when we go out in the sunlight um it triggers a response in our brain, and it literally starts our clock, mm-hmm. our, our circadian rhythm. It starts that, and then at, as we start going through the day, we have the sleep pressure that builds up, um, adenosium, I think it's called, and once that, get, that pressure gets so high, then we fall asleep, yep. and then we rinse and repeat. Well, they found it interesting because they had no sunlight, right? They were doing all activities and nothing but complete darkness. And what they end up finding is that their their 24-hour clock was actually 24 hours and 15 minutes. So it's nothing that's crazy, yeah. but that's we have a 24-hour watch, right? Mm-hmm. And he was compared to Swiss watchmakers. Like they would lose their mind that there's more than 24 hours in a day. But in our brains, there actually is when we're not exposed to sunlight. Mm-hmm. Our days are longer by yeah, only 15 weird. minutes. And but what they were finding that they were actually going to sleep and waking up at specific times 
They adapted to whatever the they were in for those 30 days, and their bodies were on this specific time. They they napped here, they woke up here, and it was just it was pretty crazy that with no sunlight for 30 days, it was, it was a pretty cool study. Um, so this is your sleep and wake cycle. All right, um, how cold is your room? Do you like your room cold? Yeah, but I like like I would rather. I hate being hot, and I hate waking up hot in the middle of the night, like, sweating. Like, when I first got my bed, so I got an, um, a new bed, like, not super long ago, and um, a new comforter. And the first, like, two nights that I slept with it, I had pants and just, like, a t-shirt on or whatever. And um, I woke up, like, drenched because it was just so hot. I don't know why, like, just for the first couple of nights, um... And I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I have to be in shorts or something. <laughs> but I would rather be, like, cold and put, like, 85 blankets on. To warm up. Yeah. Yeah. Than to be, like, sweating. So does be being colder help you sleep? You should know this answer. Yes. Okay. And it does. Uh, our bodies reach the lowest degree in temperature roughly two hours after we fall asleep. This helps you assist and sleep throughout uh, your night. So, um that's why people and honestly, I I did this probably. I hate to be cold. Yeah. Like me and cold are oil and water. I hate to be cold. All right. But I used to sleep with like at seventy some degrees, seventy two degrees inside the house at night during the winter or whatever. It'd always be seventy two to seventy four, whatever. Well, I took that down to 60, when I would go to bed, 67 degrees roughly. I did notice how much better I felt going to sleep. I fell asleep faster. Mm -hmm. I felt so much different. Mm -hmm. And I hate to be cold, but I took it down. The little bit, the colder our room is, they have those, they have those pillows that are kind of the, the cooling pillows, the cooling, what else is there? They have the cooling mattresses or like gel mm-hmm. or whatever it is. They have those things that make you cold. Um, and I think it is to pull your body temperature down. And I think that's what I've noticed that the cooler the room, the cooler your body temperature is, the faster you get into that lower um, degree, which you actually get into deeper sleep. Okay. So your body will actually have to get into that colder position before we go into a deep sleep. Um, so you go through REM and non-REM, okay? The non-REM is three phases, and each are linked to specific brain repair functions, all right? So stage one, your eyes are closed, but it's easy to wake you up. This lasts around five to ten minutes, okay? So what's cool about our sleep cycles is we go through all of them, three to five cycles, okay? And then we do it again. And then we do it again, and then we do it again, and then we do that three to five times through entire nights of sleep. So, like Jenna was saying, she could fall asleep with the TV on, and next thing you know, it's the infomercial that's waking her up because she's went through maybe one or two sleep cycles, but now she's back in this um, stage one of the sleep cycle where it's very easy to get woken up, right? So, think about this: you you just fall asleep, you hear a noise, mm-hmm. like as soon as you fall asleep, we're very alert. Our eyes are closed, okay? And they actually did a pretty cool test on that. Of, of um, I was just listening to this last night on how much you actually learn um, 
after you fall asleep, right? Oh, yeah. They ran a couple tests. So this guy was um, – there was a guy going to this Matthew Walker, one of his um, seminars, and he came up to him afterwards and actually opened up this whole new realm of this guy's studies. And he was an avid piano player, and he said for the longest time he would try to play this this certain, you know, mixture of what I don't know a lot about piano, but he was having a hard time. He he could not get this routine down. He'd always mess up. And then he read his book, and then so what he started doing was he would practice in the evening, okay, his routine, and he'd mess it up. He'd go to sleep. He'd wake up. When he would wake up, he would play it flawlessly. Like literally, like he had, he had never messed it up before. He would play it flawlessly. So this guy started going into some research, and what he did find was he gave the – there was 100 people, 50 of them. Uh, they all did the same test. It was a computer. is 43123. And they had to type that out as fast as they could with their fingers. Four, three, two, one, three, one, two, three, or four, three, two, two, one, three, or something like that. Whatever. It was this complex whatever, and it could be fast. And what they did, they measured the keystrokes where they would go. They see hesitation and pressing the second sequence. Okay, of people like so, they hit it four, three, two, pause, two, three, two. Hmm. And, so what they found is they were having to think and process this. Yeah. So the first 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 50 people they tested in the morning and they went the rest of their day they after they did all their testing just living their normal life and then they tested the second people group of 50 in the evening at 6 p.m. okay put them through the same test they went to bed they woke up okay 12 hours later they put them through the same test, and they were 30% faster, and they had they had less mess-ups. They were more accurate. The people that they tested in the morning showed a 30% decrease from those people who actually slept after. Then the morning people, after they got a full night's of sleep, they improved by 30%. Hmm. The only thing that separated them was sleeping. sleeping. So what they're saying is – uh, you made a comparison. We'll talk more about athletics next time, but they're making comparison to where you have a high school athletic team where they're really they're trying to get the practice in the morning, okay, uh, before school. Like wrestling is pretty notorious for this. So they'll have an evening practice and they'll wake up and then they'll have a morning session before school. So at 5 a.m., they're getting up and going and they're wrestling in the wrestling room, shower, and then they're going to school all day, and then they have practice after school, and they eat, and they go. This is a pretty high-caliber wrestling program that does this, but they're saying how much of a detriment that actually is because they'd be more beneficial to let them sleep in the morning, okay, go through their normal day, wrestle at night, get a full sleep, and they, they talk about the technique and the transitions and things like that are going to be more crisp for the athlete the next day because they're going to sleep after they practice. Mm-hmm. Now you can start visualizing it. You can start seeing it. You dream about it because when you're really into something and you actually hear to those movements while you're sleeping. That's crazy. It is absolutely mind-blowing stuff like that. So that's the part of the athletics I'm getting into now. So, uh, so stage two, you're in a light sleep, okay? Your body temperature and heart rate drops. 
is preparing you for deep sleep, which is pretty cool. If you do a tracking, you can kind of see this happen with your pulse. You I was going to say, I wonder if people actually, like, understand their watches. Like, if people ha- have them and stuff, but, like, do you actually understand how it works and, like... I just thought my heart rate was changing throughout the night, but, uh, you know, through REM sleep, which we'll talk about, your heart rate actually elevates. I didn't, I didn't understand why it would be here and then go down to this. It actually will drop, like... Um, this will be where your, your heart rate is at its lowest, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's stage two. You're in a light sleep. You can still be woken up. Um, your body temp lowers, heart rate drops, and your body's preparing for deep sleep, all right? So stage three, stages three, they say this because you go in three different stages here. Uh, this is your deep sleep stage, okay? This is harder to wake you up during the stage, and if someone was to wake you, you would be disoriented for a few moments. Now, I've been- oh, I hate that. Right? Yes, I've done that to you. We have a yeah. video of this. <laughs> with that yeah, little. we do. <laughs> You're like, what, huh? We'll have to bring that up. But, yes, um, I did this to Jenna. She was upstairs, and she was dead asleep. And I was literally, oh, my God. It was. It, you had, it, like, this little toy that was, like, clicking. It, it was, like, a one of those, like, little boxing toy things, like, for boys. Robot boxer. Yeah, robot boys. Yeah. Or whatever robot boxer things and he kept like clicking it on my like shoulder and i was not waking up at all and he did it literally for like three minutes and then i started dancing on her face on her nose yeah right in front and i still was not waking up but i i've always been like i wouldn't say that i'm like a super deep sleeper because i will wake up but yeah i must have been really tired i think that was when i was I don't know if I was teaching at that point or I not. I think you were. It's been a few years ago. Yeah. And I was like. We got to like the point I was concerned. I had yeah. to actually nudge her with the little boxer guy. And she woke up. And I have it on video. Yeah. And, I was and like, then like uh, she was. She wait, didn't even what? know where the hell she was. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then I was like laughing. Oh, good time. So during the stages of non-REM sleep, the body repairs, regrows tissues, builds bones and muscles, and strengthens the immune system. So each stage is very critical. And that's what I was talking about earlier is that he was saying how specific. Uh, so yeah, a distraction. Maybe you get into stage two where you can still be uh, woken up. And let's say the TV does wake you up or the flashlight does wake you up, right? Or sound wakes you up. Now you're awake. Now you have to go through those stages again, mm-hmm. right? So now instead of going right into the deep sleep portion, you're now resetting back to stage one. This is what restless sleep is. Mm-hmm. It's when you are not finishing these cycles of sleep through disruption. It could be sleep apnea. It could be light. It could be well, we're going to find out caffeine. Someone that, in your house is loud. Someone in your house is loud. Obviously, that's a problem. Um, as The older you get, uh, this you sleep more lightly and you sleep deep sleep a lot less. And I was actually just talking to my dad about this. He's getting around mid seventies talking about his sleep and he doesn't sleep very well. And I was like, dad, we got, we got work to do, man. And, um, I think that's, it, it lines up with just that aging is also linked to shorter time spans of sleep. All those studies show you can still, you still need as much sleep as you were younger. So, the older you get, if you look at a sleep graph, uh, babies require 10 to 12 hours of sleep. An adult is uh, 7 to 8 hours of sleep. Uh, ch- children are around 8 to 9 hours or 8 to 10 hours of sleep. Adults say 
I think it's like six to seven hours of sleep. That's actually really inaccurate. They're finding now that, not now, but this guy's research is stating that the older we get, the actual more sleep we require. Mm -hmm. And we have a problem with Alzheimer's, right? We're finding this this issue with Alzheimer's uh, disease, and it seems like it's become catastrophic. They're trying to figure out what's causing this. Why are so many uh, seniors getting Alzheimer's? Well, I'm not, I don't know a ton, but it seems like it's all circling back towards sleep. And I'm talking to my dad. I knew my, uh, I had two, two of my uncles had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, not only that, it leads to strokes. My dad has had a, a stroke, three strokes, um, even though they don't know what caused them still to this day. His dad had massive strokes. Uh, it, it's, it starts to make you think maybe there's a sleep issue going on mm-hmm. because we're talking about cancer. Cancer runs on my dad's side. They have Alzheimer's on my dad's side. They had strokes on my dad's side, and they're all three uh, linked to cancer or um, to lack of sleep. So the older you get, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need that much. I can just get up and go. Well, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. I think that's – I wish I could feel like that, like I could just get up and go. I'm like so tired. (laughs) I need like 15 hours of sleep, I think. Maybe maybe I'm a marsupial. (laughs) You don't live in a pouch. Yeah. But they sleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so what is REM sleep? Okay. So it usually happens 90 minutes after you fall asleep. Okay. The REM sleep typically lasts around 10 minutes. Each of your later REM sleep stages get longer and the final one may last up to an hour. Your heart rate and breathing quickens. You can have intense dreams during REM sleep. Um since your brain's at a higher active level, okay? Babies can spend up to 50% of their sleep in the REM stage compared to only 20% for adults. So our brain functions are through the roof. This is where we dream, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, this is where we dream. Our heart rate's accelerated. This is stuff that we actually can remember. Um, when we dream, we can we can remember that. And they say uh, as you what you actually remember is as you're coming out of the REM sleep, that's when you start is when you go to, reverse that sleep cycle to stage one, that's when we can remember because um, they talk about in studies when animals are in this deep sleep, they cannot, they're not responsive. So basically what our body does, um, have you had those, we've talked about this before, not on the podcast where you, maybe we've talked about on the podcast where you, you're awake, but your body's paralyzed. They yeah. Come. Yeah. I mean, I know you have, but I've, I don't think I've ever experienced it. I've, I've had those probably, man. Sleep paralysis. Correct. Yeah. It's sleep paralysis. It's, I've had it over five times, but maybe closer to 10. And you're literally, it's exactly what this doctor describes. He hasn't talked about sleep paralysis, but everything around you, you can see your, your, I can see the room. I can see everything, but your um, your body is completely shut off. And what happens in this stage of sleep, your body it literally goes. You lose all functionality of your limbs. Uh, they shut down. Your body's at a complete and utter shutdown for repair. And then what they compared this to is sharks and other fish. For the longest time, they didn't think sharks slept. Okay, sharks actually sleep. They sleep while they're swimming. And the reason they didn't think they slept is because they don't have eyelids. Okay, so when sharks attack you, they actually roll their eyes back in their head to protect their eyes because it's such important 
thanked him. So every time, oh, that's weird. if you ever see the whites of the shark's eyes, that's bad news for you because <laughs> he's attacking you. All right. You want to see his big black eyes. Um, so when it rolls, so if they don't roll back, you're good to go. Well, <laughs> you can fuck with them a little bit wa- more. watch any video and you'll always see the shark's eyes always roll back in their head to protect, protect them. Cause they don't us. We have eyelids to protect our eyes from sunlight, from wind, from dust something flying at you a hundred mile an hour that you don't realize that your eyelashes are connected obviously to your brain because you, it's just faster. You can, you know, even think about. So, but actually the, the thing that they don't do is they don't enter this deep sleep. They do sleep, but they don't enter this deep sleep because if they did, they know that they, their bodies par- will go paralyzed and then they would drown, hmm. which is weird. Cause they're a fish. Weird. But it has to, cause that's how they get oxygen, right? It goes through their gills. What were you going to say? No, uh, nothing. Oh. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. So this is the part. If we get through one stage of REM sleep and we're in a, a big repair part of our body where it gets our uh, tendons, strength, uh, immune system, things like that. Have you ever felt like you were ever sick when you don't get enough sleep? Yes. You feel I kind of feel like down? that now actually because I've been waking up kind of early for some reason. Well, I had to wake up early for me. Um, like three days ago, and I told you, once I wake up early that one time, the yeah. next couple of days, I my body will automatically wake up around that same time. I don't know why, um, even if I'm like tired or whatever, but I've been doing that the last couple of days, and now I'm just like really tired. But I feel like my allergies are worse, and I just feel like kind of blah. So they they talk about this in the circadian rhythm. It, they talk about jet lag. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and another interesting uh, example you gave was hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So we could not have not even traveled cross country or where we skipped a couple time zones. When you go to a hotel hotel room, he he said statistically by day three, you're completely comfortable and you you get normal sleep. But day one, our body and its surroundings, we're not used to it because what happens is we don't know this. We're in, when we're in that first stage of sleep, we can still hear. We still have senses. Mm-hmm. We have every every access that our body is except our, our eyes are just closed. Even though it may appear that we're asleep because our eyes are closed, we're actually 100% aware. And we can actually learn in this point. And there's a, there's a lot of studies I've seen even with Navy SEALs. They'll put them in these – if uh, – to accelerate a process, they put them in um, float tanks where it completely relaxes the body. Okay, it's perfect temperature. They're at they're at the point where they could be asleep. Then they'll interject this language they want them to learn inside. Yeah, that's cool. And then they actually their learning is around thirty to forty percent faster. They will learn the second language that they need to. Because their body's in a relaxed atmosphere, they're in that sl- that very beginning stages of sleep. The learning process is a, c- extremely accelerated. And I was just thinking this the other day. There's times where I've had songs stuck in my head. So 16 by um, Highly Suspect. Yeah. I didn't know any of the lyrics to the song, but a few. I, for some reason at night, when I would go to bed, it, literally it would start playing in my head. I could hear on the on the radio or whatever mm-hmm. or on yeah. me playing it through my stereo. And for some reason, I literally woke up. 
I listened to the song next day. I knew almost all the lyrics. It was mm-hmm. fucking insane. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not making this up. Like, I didn't study this. I remember I was in it. I was just thinking about the song because I really liked it when it first came out. I still do, but um, for some reason it would loop in my head as I was falling asleep, and I would just, I would be like almost lipping the lyrics mm-hmm. into my car and no shit i wake up and i would know almost the entire song i'm like what the hell i don't even it's absolute mind-blowing it's weird, but i don't understand like so like if they're teaching them a language or whatever while they're asleep does that affect their sleep no and this doctor said in the very beginning of his book said if you fall asleep to my book i don't take insult to yeah, that I yeah that. i actually encourage it because mm-hmm. you're going to take in more of this as you are reading it to fall asleep, you're going to actually ingest more of this book than you would if you weren't, mm-hmm. which I believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, this next section uh, is definitely one that hits home for me, and I'm so excited about talking about talking about this. So, night owls and morning larks, okay? Larks, I think. Huh? They're larks. Larks? I hope not, because I've been butchering the shit out of that. Yeah, it's larks. L-A-R-K-S. That's because yep, I've been reading it is words. Larks. Yep. Even listening, so he probably says it like locks. He is because he's freaking. He speaks. He speaks in a British accent. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he probably says locks. Locks. Yeah. Locks. Yeah. Okay. Morning larks. Yeah. So larks for English. Hmm? I guess he's speaking English. Just yeah. Night house of morning larks. Okay. So, do you love or hate to get up in the morning, Jenna? Mm. I despise it. <laughs> I hate waking up to an alarm. I hate waking up early. Ugh, it's the worst. I do too. And you know what? I always have my entire life. I've yep. always hated getting up for school. I always hated getting up early to go to work. I've always hated it. I hate it. You want me to stay up all night from like from noon until noon the next day? I got you, bro. Mm-hmm. You want me to wake up at like 7 a.m. to go to work? I'm not even feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Not because I hate everything about the job, which was most of the cases, but it's just because I just felt like shit and not because I stayed up too terribly late. It's because I just felt like shit. So I am so glad I got this book. I wish I had this in high school. 40% of the population are morning larks, morning larks. They prefer to be, they prefer to wake up around dawn and not only do they like it, they function well. Okay. So that's a big key. Not only do they like to get up early, they function well. You can get up early, but do you function well? No. Okay. Uh, I'm the same way. If I have to get up early, I don't function well. I might for like the first two hours and then I'm just exhausted. I'll give you an example. So I'm going through this right now. Uh, Sonny, one of our trainers, had surgery. And um, so I've been covering the Friday classes for the last – five weeks roughly and again this week and so it's on Friday uh, I, I try to go to bed last week I went to bed at 10 30 I got to wake up at 4 20 um, and I, I don't mind I love to get up but and I love to come in here and I don't have any problem doing it honestly I don't care if I have sometimes I stay up all the time the whole way through or I'll get two hours sleep come in go and take a nap for two or three hours but it messes up my whole day. Mm-hmm. It literally it is it it devastates me 
Saturday and Sunday, I'm still feeling mm -hmm. that, okay? And I'm like, man, I got, you know, I got to combine, you know, six hours sleep, maybe six and a half. I should be okay. I got a power nap, you know? No, it literally devastates me. I spent the last several Sundays where I'm, I'm literally, I'm asleep till noon. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't set my alarm on that Sunday. I am literally sleeping till noon. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to bed at four, right? I'm I'm going to bed at maybe say two. Yeah. So I'm it's getting a long time. It's just crazy, right? Thirty percent prefer to go to bed late and wake up late. These are your night owls, okay? Evening types. AKA uh, us. Yes, one hundred percent. I've always been that way. Um Night owls are frequently incapable of falling asleep until late at night. They don't like to wake early. They are unable to function well at this time. Despite them being away, their brain isn't awake. I'm sorry. Despite them being awake, their brain is in a sleep-like state. Throughout their early morning, the prefrontal cortex stays in a disabled slash offline state. Okay, so you're awake, and this is how I do feel. This is how I've always felt. I wake up. I just feel like I am disconnected. Like yeah. I I'm hate just, that feeling. <laughs> I would say going through the motion. You feel like you're going through the motion, right? And um, what I did find out that is pretty interesting that I'm not alone, okay, which is cool. Mm -hmm. I know other people are like that, but 40% means you're going to know more people that are like to get up in the morning, right? The crazy yeah. people coming here and work out at 530 a.m., they love that shit. I know. It's weird. I can't do that, all right? But now I know why. This is all determined by genetics. And it's likely if you're a night owl, one, on, one or both of your parents are. And that makes sense because that's the case. Which one of your parents are both? My dad. My dad stays up late. My, my mom can too, but she she's she likes the morning more. So My mom is definitely – well, I don't really know if my dad is. But my grandma is definitely – I feel like I'm basically her child. Eat a shit ton of ice cream and sleep. So this is genetic, uh, which I can't control that. You can't control your genes. Night owls often get chastised because they stay up late and wake up late. And it's usually by those who are morning lack, larks. Morning larks, okay? They assume that staying up late is a choice or preference. It's not. It's in a DNA. And you can't, you can't go against someone's DNA. It's literally hardwired and it's not by choice. You are literally, your brain only functions in this. This is your circadian rhythm. This is what it is for night owls. It's totally different for someone like us compared to Evan who doesn't mind getting up or Joe. Yeah. You know, Joe gets up at four something every morning, every morning, right? And he, he goes about like nine. Yeah. So that is, he's hardwired. He is just hardwired. They are hardwired that way. I know other people are like that. Now, workplaces benefit the morning larks as night owls are forced to into a sleep rhythm that goes against their DNA hardwire, which is crazy, right? And that is. Society is like that. Nine to five job. Well, shit, man. I went to bed at 2.30 or 3. Not yeah. by choice. Not because I'm a bum, right? We always get called bum or... Oh, lazy. lazy. You're sleeping all day. You're wasting half your day. Yeah, asshole. It's my circadian rhythm. What's up? It's in my DNA. Now I got ammo. All right. I'm not being a <laughs> bum. I'm so sorry that this is the way my body is. You know, let me go in and change your body. Let me 
Let me dig through your DNA, your asshole. Your genetics suck. Yeah, your genetics suck, asshole. You'd <laughs> like to wake up early. I tell you, here, here. Let's switch spots. You wait. You stay up as late as I do. Okay. Yeah, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't. You wouldn't make it. You know why? Because it's in their DNA. I just always thought, like, you could train your body. Yes. To, like... And you can't. But, yeah. That's what's interesting, right? You think that you could. You think that, uh... Oh, I'm working... I mean, technically you can, but you're not going to feel good on it. Correct. And you're going to have side effects through... With health issues. Yeah. Okay? Um... This causes greater health issues such as depression, anxiety, cancer, diabetes, heart attack, and strokes. All right? Um, because the workplaces benefit the, the morning larks uh, because night owls are forced into a bad rhythm. Uh, this in return causes night owls to be sleep-deprived and burn the proverbial candle at both ends. So they're staying up late. They're getting up early because they have to. Their job requires it. But they're going in lethargic. I mean, just think of a typical, prototypical movie office that's in an office setting. Like, they walk in, dragging their feet, spill their coffee on their chest. Like, mm-hmm. they're, a, they're a shit mess. Their hair's a mess. Their ties to the side. Like, because they're in a literal trance, okay, because their brain is in a, a switched-off mode because technically their body's rhythm is stating they still need to be asleep. Our body knows our rhythm, mm-hmm. okay? So when Jenna gets woke up out of a sleep and she's in a trance, her that's our brain is actually like that, but we're functioning, right? They say functioning alcoholic. Well, you're still drunk, yeah, right? You, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're they're just saying that you can still function and do some daily tasks. Well, I can still tie my shoe, I can still drive to work, but obviously, a hundred thousand people dying each year because of sleep related sleep related accidents. That's a problem, right? The research shows that there should be a social change made for sleep just as there is for someone with a disability of being sight impaired. What they're saying is that people who are deaf, people who uh, can't visually see, okay, whether it's blind or uh, clinically blind, um, because of poor eyesight, they're saying that this should be changed. The fact it should be adjusted off of how your DNA is right. And because in essence, you're, you're not going to be as productive. Uh, now you're running into health issues because you're getting up earlier now your circadian rhythm's messed up because now you're up for a longer period of time. We only have so much time we're supposed to be up, right? Mm-hmm. And they even did an example. If you're older and um, you're going to bed like really early sometimes, like 7 or – they say you go to bed at 7 and 38 o'clock. They said what you can do is when you first get out into the sunlight, wear heavier sunglasses because the sunlight then – won't start triggering that time clock in your head to go to bed. And that will allow you to stay up you know, two hours later, they said, then take your sunglasses off and have the sun directly hit you the rest of the day. And that will extend your time. So now instead of going to bed at 7, you'll go to bed at 9. Now you can get on a better sleeping schedule because you're out in the early sunlight at crack of dawn 
is going to start that cycle. That sleep pressure will start building up, that emotion, all right? So do you think there should be a societal change for something like this? I mean, I think it depends uh, what kind of job you want to work, you know? <laughs> like, if you want to work fast food, there's three different shifts you can go to. But for most let's career say jobs. Yeah, let's say a career nine to five, eight to four type job. Yeah, I just don't know how it would be done, to be honest. Well, you know over in Europe, um, there's a lot of companies that go to, uh, they have these pods. You go and you take naps in. Yeah. Well, I think. Sleep pods. I think Honda. Japan. And you know why yeah. Japan was doing that? Because the United States and Japan are two of the worst con- countries when it comes to sleep. The Japanese were having such a high suicide rate at companies because they believe in working hard, nonstop, no sleep, get the job done. It's it's ingrained in their culture. And then when they fail, okay, they also have a culture in Japan to where it's honor, integrity, and it's deeply rooted all the way back to the samurai days that's been passed down, that's ingrained in their DNA generation by generation by generation. From the kamikaze to the, um, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, uh, uh, where the samurais would kill themselves. Um, gosh, I just had it. I hate that. I'll think of it. Uh, I just had it again. God. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, start talking and then it'll come. Right. So they would perform this traditional thing where they dishonored. They would uh, take a small sword and they debow themselves. And kill themselves. And then someone chops their head off. Um, they were actually going to the top of these buildings and jumping off the building because they feel they've failed. Dang. They've committed suicide on many, many occasions. And they're finding that the United States is the worst country in the world when it comes to sleep. If I remember right. All right. Do you, I wonder, like, why? I just is had it, it again. Like, oh, like Perry Carey, I think it's called. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> like, is it because, like, we have cell phones and, like, we're staring at those and just scrolling all night? You know, because uh, I feel like that would be a big reason. Um, You know, he didn't really say that. I was surprised by that. I really think that's probably a big reason. It's definitely not called that. <laughs> <laughs> Harry yeah, it is. H A R A dash K I R I. Yeah, but it's probably said different. It's fine. They know what you mean. I know what I meant. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It finally Hurrah. came too. It sounds like Harry Carey. Yeah. Harakari. Yeah. Harry Carey. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I wasn't too far off. You didn't even know what the hell it was. So no. I'm one up. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was interesting. I I hope that later on that they go into what current technology, how if that affects from. I think I touch on this later in here. I do at the very very end. Um, an interesting study when we get to some of these sleep studies. Okay, so melatonin. Uh, I, this is a pretty cool topic. I don't. I'm not big into it, but guess what is getting big? Melatonin and CrossFitters. Uh, CrossFitters taking stuff that has melatonin in it has CBD. GHD, 
HGH. Yeah. <laughs> GHD, it's the sit-up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> HGH, testosterone. I mean, whatever. I TRT. Like, yeah, TRT. Look, uh, melatonin is considered the hormone of darkness or a vampire hormone. Okay? Begins to release shortly after dusk. After, not after. After dusk. So this naturally happens in our body. Okay? So we take melatonin to help us sleep at night. And um, this is a natural thing in our body. Well, it is becoming more and more popular, right? Some people are like, oh, it helps me out dramatically. Other people are like, yeah, it doesn't help me at all. Well, there's a reason why it helps some and doesn't help the other, okay? Uh, melatonin starts to trigger to the race for your brain and body to go to sleep. So it's like three, two, one, bang. It starts that trigger and it starts counting down. It's like a wick that you just lit and it's going to go to sleep at a certain time. It actually has nothing to do it has nothing to do with actual sleeping though. Okay. Yeah. It's just a it's a trigger, it's a precursor, okay? On animals such as crickets, foxes, and bats, this happens to them in the morning. Okay. So which is kind of weird, right? Our melatonin doesn't happen till dusk, but crickets, foxes, and bats that are nocturnal, that happens to them in the morning. So when we're just waking up, right? The melatonin is not even close to kicking in. For them, it's kicking in. Then they go to sleep. And then they they're up all night, right? They're night owls. Yeah, and weren't they talking about how like? Or he, that's why you always hit crickets at night, not during the day. Yeah. Right. Um. Wasn't he talking about how like melatonin can be basically a placebo for most people because it doesn't even have enough in it a lot of times. Getting ready to talk about that. Okay. Absolutely. Over the calendar, melatonin is not commonly regulated by the FDA. Scientific research shows that some actually contain 83% less than what it says in the, on the label to 478% more than it's stated. Yeah, which the, I feel like even a lot of vitamins are like that, which it's like, I feel like that should be illegal though because you know how much money they make and there's like nothing even in hardly working. For Here's them. what I know about this type of stuff. When you get some place that says, um, gosh, what was that? Or, uh, not organic. I'm going to use that as an example, but I can't remember. If it, if you have a factory, Jenna, and you, you create something that says 100% organic, um, whatever. If you don't bot, if you if you produce it, mm-hmm. but don't bottle it, you send it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm putting additives in it. You don't have to tell the additives I put in it. Yeah, that's weird. Because I packaged it. You produce the stuff. Yeah, but you shouldn't even be able to like alter anything. But that's it. That, that that's their loophole. But why? To preserve it, additives and preservatives. If you say yours is 100% organic. No additives or preservatives. You produced it that way, but you sent it to my company to package it. Yeah. I put the additives and preservatives in them. I don't have to put that in the ingredient list. Yeah, that should be illegal, though. Um, I'm I'm about 100 percent sure that's what it is. I'll have to look back up to that. But I heard that I was like, but that is the case. They send it to different packagers, and they can do what it with it whatever they want to finish the process, and then they ship. They get shipped out from distribution. Um, same thing here with melatonin. It's not regular. You're right. I think it's – I compared this. I was just had this – you may have seen that. I was talking about the damn um, – uh, what was that? Probiotic. Yeah. 
well, this one doesn't work. Oh, probiotics don't work. Well, I don't know. Because someone said they don't work because it was on 60 minutes. Well, fuck. Is this 60 minutes 100% accurate? No. Here's what I do know. Uh, I have people on probiotic. I have someone specifically that has IBS that was on probiotic. Be- prior to, they were having issues. After, they weren't having issues. And this is clinically defined as far as being IBS. Did it help them? Yeah. Does it help me? I trial and error myself. Yes, I've tried other probiotics. I got no change. I, I'm on this probiotic. My poop texture change. <laughs> Everything changes. My poop texture. It does. You know what I mean. I know. This sounds weird. My poop yeah, texture. It does. It's 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 smooth. It's not rigid. <laughs> it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not flaky, broken up. It's not little rabbit turds. You weird. know, it's just the reality, man. This is our fucking body. Everybody's shit. It's like, get over it. If you aren't pooping, drink some more water. And get on a probiotic. If you don't know which one to at, Ask me. I'll tell you. Pro 45. Um, I researched the crap out of it, and had I've had great success with it from many other people. Um, so, as we, from the time that we wake up to the point we go to sleep, we have this stuff called adamosium, okay? It's called sleep pressure, and that's what we'll refer to as sleep pressure, all right? As we go through the day, this pressure starts building in our head, okay? And as the pressure, when the pressure peaks, that's when we want to go to sleep, all right? But there's a problem, right? We can combat sleep pressure and stay up, pull an all-nighter, which we'll talk about here in a second. But there's something that battles the, the atomosium, and that's caffeine, all right? So caffeine blocks sleep signals within 30 minutes after taking it in our body. So within 30 minutes, right, you have that pick-me-up. It starts blocking those signals of the sleep pressure, mm-hmm. okay? That's how you can go longer throughout your day. You're down. You're tired. Probably because you're a night owl and you're at a 8 a.m. job, <laughs> right? Has nothing to do and with it. And you hate your life. And Yeah. So you're barely making it through. you got to have your coffee, your caffeine to get you through. You can, your diet could be on fucking point. We know that helps, but there's still some times where we need that additional oomph. The problem is one cup of coffee has a shelf life of five to seven hours of pushing the sleep pressure off. Well, that's not good, right? So if you, we uh, we have O2 here, Formula O2. Uh, when they came out with the caffeine-free, that helped a lot of people because if they had if they were working at 5.30, they couldn't take it because it was keeping them up because it was pushing that sleep pressure back, right? And this can lead to uh, people always, you've talked about this, Jenna always talking about, I've got my second and my third wind, mm-hmm. right? She says that a lot. Um, this is where you pull an all-nighter. Reatomosium is at an all-time high, your sleep pressure. It's normally way past your normal sleep schedule. Um, your circadian rhythm comes to, res- to the rescue because it supersedes your sleep pressure and allows you for a second wind peaking around 11 a.m. Meaning, if you stay up, okay, and you're pulling all-nighter, and then like at 5 or 6 in the morning, like you're still, you're at your all-time, your pressure's at an all-time high. Well, your circadian rhythm starts taking over because guess what? It sees the sunlight. So it restarts your clock. It supersedes your sleep pressure, your atomosium, right? So it supersedes that. At 11 a.m., they're saying that is the peak of your circadian rhythm. That's when you feel like you got your second wind because if you're looking at two peaks, they're literally at their highest points of each other. You've got your highest point of your circadian rhythm. You're at your highest point of your peak. The problem is 
that sleep pressure, it continues it's at its highest peak. It doesn't move. Your circadian rhythm after 11 a.m. starts to dip back down. Why? Because it's time it's starting to get, time to go to bed, right? As it gets later in the day, your body's telling you, hey, we're on this internal clock. It's time to go to sleep. When that gap starts getting greater, that's when you crash. That's when you hit a wall. But at the 11 a.m. point, that's when you feel like you got your second wind uh, because of your circadian rhythm. All right. So come 3 p.m. when those two are now the furthest apart, you're crashed with a huge urge to sleep. Okay. Yep. Have you ever done that? You pull all nighter and like just like all of a sudden just like. <laughs> it's been a while since I've pulled an all nighter. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's almost like getting hammered. It's not even worth it anymore. No. Like, like I really have never wanted to do that or like have an urge to pull an all nighter. I have, obviously. I told, but I would stay up and then I usually get home about roughly seven thirty, seven forty-five here from the gym. Roughly 7.30. I just feel like I can't even function, like, at all. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Um, but what was pretty cool was a caffeine, right? Caffeine is very important to all of us. Caffeine can be healthy if consumed appropriately. We're talking around 200 milligrams or less, not 800. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it's a detriment. Caffeine can accelerate your workouts. It can help you get you through the workouts. It's actually really good for performance issues or performance uh, uh, aspects. But tell them about the – some of you may have seen this. I've seen this a long time ago. Tell them about the spider webs. Yeah, they did like a research study. Um, it was a spider on like LSD, uh, marijuana – Caffeine and what was the other one? Something else. I don't remember. But anyway, it, it was an uh, it was another like. Anyways, the marijuana one was like one little patch, and then the LSD was like pretty much all done, but like all over, kind of. And then the caffeine one was like not even in the, in the same pattern as like a normal spider. It was like all over and separated, and it was an incomplete web. Yeah. So basically. Um, they did it. They showed a normal web. Um, then they had one on LSD, a full web. Yeah. But that would make one on marijuana, one on caffeine, and there was another There's, one. She's yeah, a, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, but yeah. um, so you look at a complete web. A spider web is pretty. It is like very detailed, right? Even on LSD, even on marijuana, um, and whatever the other one. Speed. Was. Speed, okay? Even though that the webs were not prototypical, they were still completed webs. Yeah, I would say the LSD one is... <laughs> like, LSD, probably LSD or marijuana is, like, the most normal. But the caffeine one's, like, pretty much all over. And the speed one is pretty... Well, the the when you look at these figures, take a picture. Maybe you can put that up. Okay. Here, take a picture real quick. I want to discuss it. So she'll put this up. It's I've seen it on the internet. Even with the LSD, the speed, and the marijuana, they would still capture something. The caffeine one, it wouldn't capture a damn thing. It's the most incomplete web out of all of them, which is pretty crazy, right? They're saying that uh, caffeine is the, uh, the number one unregulated drug that we use um, – here in the world 
and it's the most administered drug that we give our children, which is pretty crazy, right? Um, it is hard to say caffeine is a drug, but when you look at that spider web, not that a spider should tell me everything, it does make you wonder, right? How bad is this for you? Yeah. How much How much caffeine, they didn't say how much caffeine was given if it was just 200 milligrams, but yeah, think 200 milligrams to a fucking spider. Like we're talking about a human, 200 milligrams can make you, in, in essence, jittery. Um, well, and again, even though you might be able to fall asleep, it doesn't mean that you're getting quality sleep when you've had caffeine. So, right. absolutely, you're like I can I can drink a cup of coffee and fall asleep, but you actually might not be. All right. So, am I getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough enough sleep after no, after researching this so far? Very early stages. Are you getting enough? I think I'm getting enough <coughs> sleep. I don't know if I'm getting a good quality sleep. Okay. So. Undetermined. All right. I, I, I'm going to answer for myself. No, I'm not getting enough sleep. Nope. Shocker. Hey, I'm three or four days though this week. I feel pretty damn good. All right. How do you know if you're getting enough sleep? You can answer two questions. One. After waking up in the morning, could you fall asleep around 10 or 11 a.m.? Okay. If yes, you're likely not getting good sleep or good enough quality sleep. Okay. As an amount or quality. Second question. Can you function uh, without caffeine before noon? If not, then you're self-medicating your chronic sleep. We just talked about that. We're calling everyone out because <laughs> everybody normally drinks coffee. Yeah, uh, what, we're one of the top, if not the top consumers of... Where else are Well, we are. I'm saying coffee as oh. a nation. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so coffee is pretty standard, and what we're finding is, what, double, triple shots espresso, um, then you're just doing that. Imagine if you add a latte and you add the sugars into that, what that does to your body. Um, I don't even know how people function and then like that. Even cold brew that's uncut, which we've just yeah. unfortunately had the pleasure of tasting. Um, uncut, you're talking about the higher caffeine levels. It's just not the same. Um, because if you guys don't know, cold brews typically should be typically cut with water in it to make it a more smooth uh, drink instead of like punch you in the fucking face with <laughs> 800 milligrams of caffeine. Then I got to watch Jenna peel her skin off because she has so much anxiety. <laughs> like she Literally. looks like fucking Dave Chappelle uh, scratching her face and shit. Like, did you take some beta alley? No, I drink coffee. Um, so Yeah, I don't like that feeling. You know, I was going to try not to cuss as much. My mom's supposed to listen to this one, and I just messed oh, it up. Good. Can you edit that out? <laughs> so eight to nine hours in bed. Okay, so, and when you don't get enough sleep, so you should be sleeping eight to nine hours, okay? And when you don't get enough sleep, your atomosium is still high and acts like a loan debt, loan debt that continues to roll over one day to the next. So, meaning, if I don't get enough sleep, say I get six hours of sleep, okay, it rolls over from one day to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, okay? If you didn't set an alarm clock, could you get up? If the answer is no, you're not getting enough sleep. And I've tested this. I've tested this this week, and it is absolutely 
1,000% true. I don't like to not test things and just talk about it. Literally, I've tested it all four days. I set my uh, I set my alarm for a later time than I wanted to wake up. Okay, and one out of the four days, I didn't wake up till my alarm went off. Went off. The other three days, I woke up prior to. But I've also took took my sleep time back. Uh, I would stop playing Xbox at one thirty. I'd be asleep by two, and I would set my alarm for a later period of time. I was waking up around. 10, 15 every day. Felt perfect. The one time I didn't, had my alarm set for 10.30. It went off. I hit the snooze, slept till 11. Felt like shit that day. No joke. So, uh, didn't need an alarm clock and I woke up. What was our poll on that one? We put, did you use, do you use an alarm clock to wake up? Yeah, and 80% people of the people said yes and 20% said no. So here's what's interesting, right? So 80% said yes, they use an alarm clock to wake up. 20% said no. How many is the 20%? How many people? 19. Okay. It's more than I was expecting. Now, I want you to go back to people who said they get eight hours or more of sleep. And how many people was that percentage-wise too? 21. 21%. No. 20. 30% of people, 21 people. 21 people, so 31% get eight or more hours. Mm-hmm. What was the other option? Seven and 73%, which is 56 people, said okay. se- they get seven hours. So those two people would categorize themselves as getting enough sleep. But if we go back, 80% of those people most likely use an alarm to get up. So what's mm-hmm. that tell you? They're yeah. not getting enough sleep. But we think that because we're asleep for eight hours that we're getting enough sleep, but we're still using an alarm to get up. We're not able to wake up without an alarm because what happens is our natural sleep cycle, as soon as our sleep pressure subsides, it's a boost to wake up. Our natural cycle will take over. When that sleep pressure is gone, it will wake you up 100%. When you use an alarm, you still have sleep pressure. That's when you fill up, you hit, you wake up, you hit that snooze button, then you hit it again. Because that sleep pressure is uh, still built up inside your head, okay? Um, so I think it goes back to what Jenna was saying is that it's about the quality, not just the quantity. And we even talk about that in training. It don't matter. Volume, high volume is great if it's the proper volume. It's not always about qu- uh, quantity over quantity or quantity over quality, though. I will take quality programming, quality training 100, 100 times over quantity okay just because you do more if you do more of bad it doesn't make it good but if you do less of better you're going to get better it's just the way it is right and that's that's volume um there you need volume to stay in shape you know i was just talking about jenna jenna says she's in shape but i'm looking at her she's not in her shape like she feels like she's doing well but i also know what her level is she's way below it but her volume has been at an all-time low you cannot reach that pinnacle ever, if you if you reduce your volume, it's impossible. And I was also just talking about someone when they're doing, they're like, oh, I'm crushing programming. I'm just, you know, doing so much better than everybody around me. Well, the programming they're doing now is easier. Yeah. Okay, so they're, they're, they're they've trained at a higher level for a certain time programming-wise. It's been more challenging, more demanding. 
when you reduce that, okay, and you're going with a group of people who've been doing this reduced type of training, you should be above them. But the downfall is what's going to happen is that person is going to now, their fitness is going to decrease because they're doing minimum compared to they were doing above minimum. They're doing the minimum training. Now those people that they're crushing will eventually start beating them, Yeah, which is crazy, right? Because you will adapt to that. And they often talk about in the uh, like Navy SEALs when they go and they go into for like um, their training to become Navy SEAL to go to BUDS. When they go to boot camp, they return in less physical shape because it's not as demanding of what they were doing going at pre-BUDS stuff. Hmm. So they actually have to physically get back in shape to even go through BUDS again because it's such a low – it's lower standard. Um Do you find yourself reading and rereading something at your desk, the same sentence? This is due to lack of sleep. I so, hate that. dude, I've done that so many times. That's why I literally. I, I did that when I was reading that book, and I was like, "I'm shutting this." Yep. Well, that's a, you're getting ready to fall asleep. That's absolutely normal, right? Um, so your sleep pressure is a high, all time high. Uh, reading gets you in that that mindset. Everything kind of just kind of blacks out um, or blocks out the rest, and you know you fall asleep within a couple minutes of reading a book sometimes. Um, if you wake two hours earlier than I was talking about this earlier, and here's the study, if you wake two hours earlier than you normally do and only get six hours of sleep compared to eight, you lose 60 to 90% of all REM sleep since it's on the backside of your sleep cycle. All right. This leads to physical and mental side effects. So remember, just because you're getting six hours sleep doesn't mean you're getting good sleep. You're actually getting you're losing 60 to 90% of your actual sleep that you need for, um, let's say, immune system, recovery. bone, recovery, muscle repair, all that stuff. That's what you're losing, all right? And one thing I thought was awesome, and it kind of was a wake-up call for me, you can't re-sleep what you've already lost. Yeah, I've always weird. You always thought you could do that, right? Well, mm-hmm. like, I, for example, tomorrow I am training the class. I'm going to... Get very little sleep tonight, go home, get a nap. I got appointment at one, but I got to get here before then. So it's actually going to roll back. I got a really busy, then we have a uh, five year or six year party this weekend. I got to start that preparation tomorrow, like at probably 4 a.m. And I got a lot to do the next three days. I'm going to get crushed. But I've always thought, like, man, you know, I'll just, I'll catch up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But you can't. The, the physical harm that one day of, non-sleep and i'm not gonna okay first off this guy still thinks that we came from fucking apes so i just can't deal with that right so (laughs) i I can't take everything he says like perfectly and i know evolution some people are in the science bullshit look god created us you don't agree with that that's your prerogative but he he believes we came from fucking apes and you know he talks about trees and like i don't uh uh (laughs) Ground sleepers to tree sleepers is what he said. When we finally evolved to, from humans into humans, we started learning to not sleep on the ground because there's creatures and shit that would eat us or insects that would bite us that would kill them back in the day. They started sleeping in the trees, so they started creating hammocks. Well, they make this correlation because uh, the silverback gorilla will build a new, every single day, it builds a new uh, object to sleep in that's off of the ground which is pretty crazy, right? And he said, imagine every single day you have to go home from working and you have to build your bed. 
every single day because you build a new one every day and what how much time that would take. So I can't take everything this guy says completely serious because he believes in that type of stuff, but a lot of people that are – they believe science over and evolution over God, so I just can't – you know, I can't get it, get it, get into that. But I've always thought that. Like you could make – I can make – I just make this up. I'll just – I'll just sleep. I'll sleep in. I'll sleep in tomorrow. That's probably something I use all the time. I'll just sleep in tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Oh, uh, yeah. I slept till one, but guess what? I still feel like shit. How can you sleep till two, Brody? Oh my god! It's just like, okay. Uh, oh, I was tired. Yeah. Well, your whole day is gone. Well, I don't care. Yeah, I feel better. I feel better, but in reality, we can't do it because one day he said just one day of not getting enough sleep um, puts your body at extreme risk. Uh, fat um, fat storage, memory loss. Your body can actually, uh, when you don't have enough sleep, you will test pre-diabetic because your insulin is messed up because your hormones are messed up. All this stuff happens just one day of sleep that's messed up and you can't get that back. You cannot regain that. To me, that's mind-blowing, mm-hmm. right? You, I've always thought that you could just make that back up, right? Um, so a couple sleep studies, and we'll finish this up for part number one. I thought a couple of these were pretty interesting. I, uh, I was trying to tell Jenna this the other day, and she would not let me tell her because she wanted to read it. I guarantee No, you told me about the birds, yeah, but, but not the other stuff. Yeah. So um, this pretty cool sleep study. Birds sleep with one eye open, okay, because – Dolphins, um, birds, and there's other mammals. Um, they can shut down one side of the brain and keep the other side of the brain completely active. So one side of the brain is resting, okay? The other side of the brain is completely active. So birds sleep with one eye open, and it's the opposite side of the brain, and the opposite side of the brain is sleeping. So imagine that. I got one eye open. I'm looking at you, Jenna, right now with one eye open. I'm asleep over here. Over here, I'm not. I wish I could do that. Right? But we can. I'm going to talk about that. We do do that. So they obviously do that because why? They don't want to get eaten. Like if I – if we were in danger, there's Tyrannosaurus Rex out there every single day or, no, something could walk through this door and eat us. We're not going to take a nap, or if we do take a nap, we're going to have one eye open, right? Sleep with one eye open. I think we still do that anyways, even if someone isn't going to. We do. And a fl- in a flock of birds, okay, the middle part of the flock that's gathered, okay, they, all those birds, they will actually close both eyes and shut the entire brain down and sleep. While the ones on the end, okay, the bookkeepers, they will sleep with one eye open. Whatever eye is facing the outside part. Of the flock, not the inside part of the flock. After a few hours, they will rotate 180 degrees, close that eye that was open, and shut it, rest that side of the brain, and then use the other side of the brain to watch guard. Is that not crazy? Yeah. It is crazy. The animal kingdom just blows my mind, right? It's just it's just it's just the stuff that we know, and I'm thinking, what well, what don't we know? Right? I never knew spiders slept. Never knew birds did this shit. <laughs> So humans can do this on a small scale, okay? It happens when we are in a new sleep setting hotel. This is what I was talking about earlier. One half of our brain actually stays alert due to a new unfamiliar setting. 
Each day we spend in the new setting, the more our brain goes back to normal. So we do do this. Half our brain does shut off. We don't realize it. We're talking about the first five to 10 minutes. You can easily be awoken. Uh, it could be a, a something settling. It could be something, a noise. It could be the outside of the, you know, if you're at a hotel, you can hear people or it's just, it could be anything. I don't mean that, but I mean like, you know, like if you want to take a nap somewhere, but you know other people are around, like, like here, let's say for instance, like. Then you kind of like do one of these things where you're like blinking a lot, like you're opening your eyes because you don't want, I don't know. That, I don't know what you do because you, you're out like a light here, so. I don't really care that much, but I feel like I still do that. Like I keep looking at or opening my eyes to see if people are watching me or looking at me because I try to cover half my face. Hmm. I feel like you just do that. Like you don't want people to watch, watch you sleep, sleep or oh, like yeah, what they're like, going to do. Yeah, like I don't like Take you. a picture or whatever. Well, I'll tell you. No, I don't have many I'll tell you something. That, right of you sleeping. I mean, honestly, for the longest time, I, I still kind of. I guess I'm this way. Like, I don't want people to see me in a casket. I know it's kind of morbid, but I don't want people. I don't like to be seen with my eyes closed. Well, I remember. I know, like you will sleep with your sunglasses on if people are around. Yeah, I'll do that, or I do that also because I also like to block out the light. Now, uh, another interesting thing was they talked about um, something to override sleep is starvation. So if you're being starved, you actually won't go to sleep. Yeah. And a study they did was if you starve a fly, the fly stays awake longer. It will now over a certain amount of days, you eventually will have a catastrophic failure in your body. And then you, you could either A, die, or you'll just pass out from not sleeping. But what's interesting is not only does starvation counter the circadian rhythm, but also counters the sleep pressure. And your body will keep focusing. So if you keep not feeding something, their body will keep going and staying awake because it knows it needs to eat because it's in, it has to eat in its DNA, right? Even though realistically, we can go over 30 days without food. So... Um, Another interesting one was the military, they're studying these white crowned sparrows. Um, they fly without sleeping through the entire migration period, okay? So they're trying to figure out how this bird that sleeps every other time, but during the migration period of these birds, they don't sleep, okay? Uh, when they're studying inside a lab during this migration period, they still require no sleep, even though they're not flying. They're inside of a lab. They're in the migration period time. They're being studied. They don't require sleep, but they're not flying anywhere. They're in a lab, okay? When they're studied outside of the migration period, they cannot sustain no sleep, and it's extremely detrimental to their health. So they can have the same bird. They do the study during the migration. They don't need sleep. After the migration period ends, and they try to give them the same testing, they cannot sustain no sleep and actually dramatically is de detrimental to their health. U.S. US military continue, continues to study these birds and throws millions of dollars into research because they're trying to find the biological makeup inside of it in order to make a 24-hour soldier possible. So how can we change something? Because honestly, the bird hasn't changed. It's something in its biology that's allowing it to do this and allowing it to function at a high level for a period of time, but it can switch it off. Yeah, that's weird. Is that not weird? So that's saying that what is making that trigger and do we have that in our body or can we create that 
to put into our soldiers where we have something that is up of the utmost importance because unfortunately when you talk to some, a lot of these operators what do they do they do a lot of cigarettes uh they do they dip all the time um methamphetamines are rampant inside of like adderall type things inside of yeah um we think about this dude uh you're you're constantly going um and i can understand this and you want to your life is on the line, period. Every single time you go out, you could die, okay? And as soon as you leave this area, you have the potential of dying. And not only dying on the way there, but when you get there to do what you need to do, dying. And then when you got to get back, you could still die. Now, imagine what that's going to do to you psycho- psychologically already. It's going to be very aware. Well, now let's do it under sleep deprivation. Let's do it after running back to back to back, whatever, on very, very little sleep. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're not going to take Adderall to make sure that you have absolute 110% focus or make sure that you're completely 100% alert, not for you, but so you don't get your buddy killed, okay? Mm-hmm. And that you know that everybody else is around there. So, yeah, they're, uh, they always talk about the nicotine. They actually, they don't, even, they don't allow the nicotine inside of Bud's training because they don't want them to have that edge. And they're always trying to smuggle nicotine in to keep them awake because of the caffeine. So, and this is the last one. I thought this was interesting. I was going to tell you this one. You wouldn't let me tell you. Mm. So, a Mediterranean siesta. In the 1980s, this author, he went and visited Greece. And uh, when he went there, he found something that was very inter- interesting. And that was there's, the store hours for a lot of these shops was 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then the store hours were 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. In between the times, they would go home and take a nap, okay? So as time went on, those signs started disappearing, okay? So as we've evolved as a civilization from the 80s to now, those signs started going away because people was working 9 to 5, straight to 5. They weren't Mm -hmm. taking a break. Since those CSs went away, men and women were tracked over a six-year period by a group of scientists. Um, none of them prior to testing had one sign of cardiovascular issues or a potential stroke issue. Um, and over the six years, they went on to have a 37% risk increase to death. Okay? Working men death rate increased over 60% due to cardiovascular and stroke issues during this period. So they removed the siesta. So they would work from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. They would go home and nap. They would come back in 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. That was their store hours. When they removed that and worked a straight 9 to 5 or 8 to 4 or who 9 to 9, mm-hmm. when they started doing that and they tracked these people for six years, these men and women, they had a 37% increased risk to death. Imagine that. And all they did was remove their nap time. I feel like it's my nap time. It sounds like it's your nap time. <laughs> to me, that's kind of mind blowing, right? Like, I knew about the siesta, but I didn't know about the study. Like, I didn't know that they studied them. I just knew that. They I mean, that's had a pretty like long a, study, right? Six years. Yeah. And then thirty-seven percent had a higher death rate. Yeah. I mean, that's insane with no pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first part of this, my overview and my take on this as a society um we're going through a lot right now from 
people hating the police, people, you know, trying to tear down these statues and, and trying to justify this. And you have the coronavirus, you know, you got people who are masked, no mask. You got um, a huge amount of division in the society. You know, we're talking about the corona deaths. And I kind of said it earlier, like how many of those people, how many of those people that are talking about, you know, wearing a mask and protecting others drive sleep deprived? Mm-hmm. You tell me that a hundred thousand they can't be part of that statistic, but we can be part of a hundred thousand statistic from a coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? And more, more than likely, more people are driving sleep deprived than they are walking around with the coronavirus. So I think my biggest that's it's just kind of overview. You can believe what you want uh, on any side. I would just say as a society, we have to do a lot better on our end and control what we can. We can control our sleep. We can control our food, okay? I was going to go on this huge rant uh, on Facebook, and I just kind of, I got it written out, but maybe I'll just do it right here. Before you tell someone to wear a mask, okay, before you belittle someone and become Karen and you start telling people to wear a mask, hey, just wear a mask, right? How many times I've heard that? Just wear one. Well, why don't you worry about your kid that's 30 pounds overweight and they're 12 years old. Why don't you worry about what you're feeding them? Why don't you worry about how much sleep they're getting? Why don't you worry about little Billy going out and playing catch with him and putting aside all the stuff that you want to do for yourself so he doesn't feel like shit about himself? I think I think as society, man, we just we got we got way more issues than what the hell's going on here, right? You know You know, two hundred and eight thousand, two hundred and eight thousand children were diagnosed in two thousand seventeen with type one or type two diabetes. Two hundred and eight thousand. Linda's or Karen's, Bill's, Bob's, you're worried about people wearing a mask, but your kid is sitting there as diabetic, pre-diabetic, has type 1, type 2 diabetes, is going to struggle with this the rest of their life, and guess what? There's a very good chance that they're going to run into an issue with their kids. Well, statistically, they would probably be the ones that are more likely to get sick. 100%. With some illness. And this isn't, I'm not sitting here like, oh, on a soapbox, you know, screw Corona, screw this, screw the mask wearing, screw screw the non-mask wearing. I don't really fucking care. I don't care. You don't want to wear one? Don't. If you want to wear one, don't. I don't care. What I'm tired of is people like Karen. They're so worried about this, but they're driving around, sleep deprived. They could kill anybody's family any given day because 100,000 people die of that each year. 208,000 children in 2017. I bet you it's even worse. I couldn't find it in 2019. Actually, they already have type 1 or type 2 diabetes. It's not Mm pre-diabetic. Bill, who doesn't play with his kid because he's too busy watching TikToks or (laughs) – you know, streaming through the IG and making sure he gets enough likes and posts instead of going out and playing catch with Billy. Damn it, Billy. 
Fucking Billy, man. <laughs> Kids ages 10 to 24, suicide is among the most leading causes of death. Ages 10 to 20. 10. Yeah. 10 to 24. We're not talking about adults. 10 to 24. A kid at 10 years old is thinking and looking up how to kill themselves because they're not getting enough attention at home. They're going through stuff really, really bad times. But, you know, Brad's more pissed off about someone he's seen at the grocery store not wearing a, a mask. Don't have enough time to talk to his kids. Got enough time to make a social media post about, you know, oh, I can't believe these anti-mask wearing people. Meanwhile, their son's Googling how to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. People calling police on each other, snitching on them. Grown-ass adults, 45, 50-year-old adults snitching on other adults. You know, we got problems in this world. And I, here's what I've always always kind of circled back to. You can have your beliefs and you have your direction. There's no problem with that. When you start pushing them on each other, that's when people start getting defensive and you start infringing on other people's what they feel is their rights and their ability as humans to function how they want. There's a lot of people that are listening to this could feel one way or the other. I really don't care. I appreciate all you guys. But let's start controlling what we can. Let's control our sleep. I've never in a in a grand scheme in the very first what I am five hours I've listened to this, six hours. I mean halfway through this, there's so much information I didn't even say there's a lot of information you probably ever forgot that it's just it's an informational overload. Our sleep is a huge concern. We have an ungodly amount of cancer. One in eight women will get cancer, breast cancer. That's absolutely insane to me. One in eight will get will get breast cancer in the United States. Mm-hmm. Will get. And then out of that, I believe there the percentage is roughly 30% will die from it. Holy hell. That's a problem. But if we sleep, okay, or if we don't get enough sleep, it, it doubles our chances of getting cancer. But all we got to do is sleep. What's it going to do? It's going to make you more productive. You're going to be better at work. You're going to be a better uh, person at home. You're going to have time for your kid. You're going to have time to worry about other things that are more important. That is your family's health, your health. I'd rather you take your emphasis instead of snitching on someone at the store. Well, let's try to be an advocate and like make a positive impact in community. I, it's just all this stuff is just we're going through a absolute absolute chaotic time. But I often think I kept coming back to this. We forget who we are. We stop thinking about who we are. We're so concerned with what everybody else is doing. We stop caring about our nutrition. We stop caring about our sleep. We stop caring about our kids. We stop caring about our family. We stop caring about all this stuff. All the thing we focus on is something that everybody else is doing or not doing. And here we are. We're giving ourselves 50% chance of increased cancer. We have anxiety, depression uh, issues. Your parents, you're worried about them getting COVID. But we have more people to get Alzheimer's at their age. And maybe you can find out that your parents are only sleeping five hours a night or four hours a night. And maybe you can help keep them out of that, right? Start getting different brain functions. Like we're so worried about society and what everybody else does. The people closest to us are being impacted. Mm-hmm. 208,000 kids, Jenna, that is, that are, imagine ones that are pre-diabetic. I think we can do more. I think that um, this sleep kind of really woke me up in essence. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't mean to make a, a play on the word, but it did kind of wake me up in the fact of I can have someone's nutrition 100% dialed in, and we talk about sleep, but this is another tool I'm going to be able to use now, and I'm going to start asking questions, and I'm going to start finding out because there's times where I like I don't know why you're hungry. I'm going to assume that it's because you're working third shift and your hormones are messed up and it's creating food craving. But I never knew that prior to this. Like I talked about it, but I didn't know the details of it. But now maybe we can start combating this somehow. Um, start telling people they can't catch up on sleep. And I think it's just a huge tool. And I'm excited to dig in the back half of this book. If you, if you guys are trying to look for it, um, once again, it's, it's a really, really, really good book. And I definitely highly recommend it. Um, even the stuff that we talked about, you're going to read that. But there's so much stuff, like I said, that we've missed that we, I mean, that's not even in. And Jenna's only... I mean, we're only a, I might it's be, very small part of the book. yeah, a very small part of the book. Um, and it's called why we sleep. This is not the Bible of sleeping, but I think it's pretty damn close from what I've heard. Um, I don't care if it's a bestseller or not. Um, it comes highly recommended on many platforms. Um, and this guy's life study, uh, whether he believes in where it came from apes or not, I don't care. Uh, it's his prerogative, but he's got some interesting news on the sleep, uh, what was your overall impression of just the first portion if you had to kind of summarize this first portion? I mean, I like it a lot. I'm excited to read more into it, but I feel like we're only a very small way away. Or into it, I mean. Not way away. Yeah, I... Will you, I guess, just the first portion, have you started looking at sleep differently? Uh, A little bit. I've always, like, known that sleep is important, but I also, like, started looking or researching kind of that kind of, or that stuff before, which is how I found him on TED Talk. Um, I will say, like, the caffeine part. Yeah. I always knew that I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Maybe, maybe not as much as I think, but cold brew is pretty strong, so... Um, I'm sensitive to cold brew, but I continue to drink it because it's good. Um, <laughs> even though I know I shouldn't and my body hates it. Um, but I just didn't realize, and I'm pretty sure he said that it could be up to even 50% of the way gone in five to seven hours, um, after Correct. you've consumed it. So it doesn't mean that all, all of it will be gone. gone, but up to 50%. So like, I mean, it could be 10 hours until it's all, out, it's of your all out of your system. You don't really know, but I will say I didn't drink it the last what was it? Two day yesterday. I don't remember if I drank it. I think I drank it the day before. But, um, like yesterday, I was tired so much more, so much earlier, uh, than usual. Normally, I am tired around like twelve thirty one, and last night I was seriously exhausted by like ten thirty. So. And it's funny you say that because another thing I did, I actually did tell Jen about this, that the day I didn't the night I didn't sleep well um so when I get done with the gym I'll usually have about a fourth or maybe right at about a half a cup of cold brew left because I'll drink half in the morning mm -hmm. um, like we just did and um, I'll drink that on the way home or as soon as I get done with the gym or if I'm training the 5 30 I'll drink it during the 5 30 and 
the night I didn't sleep well, I did that. The other nights that I didn't, I didn't. I did it on purpose yesterday. I didn't. I had a half cup. I didn't take it. I dumped it out actually. And whoa, yeah. And I because I wanted to test it. I want to see if that was actually. And literally, I slept great. Like so, caffeine will keep you from going into that deep sleep. You know, I didn't get to cover that, but there's a lot, like I said, that we missed. But caffeine keeps you from going into that deep sleep, and um, I think that really just proved it. And I'm only in a four day trial, so. Um, it shows you how fast we can actually kind of switch our bodies over. Mm-hmm. It wants to already do it. We're keeping it from doing what it wants to do, like a, a typical fucking human. Like we, yeah. we we're messing everything up. We're like, let's just ignore this signal that's like glaring. Yes. <laughs> My body hates this, but I'm just going to keep doing it because I want to. Well, you know how it is, right? Like, you know something's wrong, but you want to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear what they have to say because yeah. you know what they say is not going to be positive. Mm-hmm. So we, we blow it off. Next thing you know, you're in the world of hurt, and you, now you have an emergency surgery for your appendicitis. <laughs> like, yeah. you could have actually got this taken care of on a like proper. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Now you got to stay in two extra days because it exploded or some weird shit. That, yeah. So you got that infection and pus on the inside Ew, of your body. Stop. <laughs> um, we got some Patreons. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I almost forgot about uh, you. Yeah. So, big thing, too. I asked last time. No one helped. Uh, need subscribers, man. Subscribers need written reviews. Okay? We're still at 102. Come on. Do us a favor, man. We we don't ask very much. Appreciate you listening. But if you want to help us out, this helps the podcast not only get discovered but grow. The more people discover us, the more it grows, the more it grows, the longer we can do this, period. So if you want this to continue, we got to keep growing because if we don't, then we it'll just kind of dry up. So, patrons, we actually got a new patron. We only have one position, one spot left for the swag boxes, and there's gonna be capped for a little bit um, because it's very challenging to get. Jenna, like I said, Jenna does a great job with the boxes. And if you look at some of these other boxes, it's a bunch of little stuff, little stuff that are really just a sample. Or are, in my opinion, useless. Um, we got the old Rick. What is it? What? Rick Terry. What is it? Oh, the coffee his, cup? His mug? Yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about what's in the swag box? Or not? Everybody's got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go yeah. to our people and then you can talk about the what you just sent out uh, okay. for our July. So our newest Patreon person is Natalie Shoning. And she's one of my friends. Yeah, I got that on Instagram. It said Team Jenna. And <laughs> that's like. I don't blame you. It's fine. And then Michaela Braddock, David Lutgrop, Jerry Rochardi, Gareth Crowther, Natasha Bowling, Meg Mayhem, and Jamie Metcalf. Those are our swag box peeps. Yeah, um, keep sharing those uh, when you guys get them. Yeah, it's cool the, to see. It's cool to see. And um, we like to reshare that stuff. And. And plus it helps, like, not just us, but, like, the other vendors that are graciously yes. donating. I mean, 7.5 um, is huge on this one. You know, VetWad's always been with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this month, Birdie was talking about, we put, uh, it was his idea to put a mug in there and put Rick Terry on it. So, uh, we have, like, the logo on one side, and then on the other side it says Rick and it wraps all the way around the yeah, mug. Yeah, wraps all the way around the mug. So yeah. People so like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Rick said. We sent one to Rick, too. Yeah. Obviously. Even though he's not a swag box, but his name's on it. So, basically, he's like, <laughs> he's basically famous. 
what he, I forget what he said that it made him feel like, but it was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. Rick said it made, it made his day, so that made our day. Yep. So who's our other peeps? Uh, Steve Liptak, um, Monica Christian, Lavana Hollyfield, Adam Bowen, Ryan Burgai, Bernie Mays. Yeah. Michelle Rowell. And last but not least, Rick Terry. <laughs> uh, can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, um, seriously, we appreciate it a lot. Can't say this enough either that if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for the Patreon guys and our people, we wouldn't have been able to. Well, we would have been able to buy this, but it, it would have really, really, really sucked mm-hmm. to spend a thousand bucks on this stuff but um appreciate it let us know what you think part two coming up and hopefully you enjoy it and learn something Mm -hmm. i'm out bye peace